as we get ready for revival, so many sermons can be preached, so many things can be said, and we know that, and we've heard a lot of that. I want to help us today. You'll see the sermon title today is Walking Towards Revival. All this year, uh, almost every Sunday, we've talked about walking closer with God in some capacity. And with revival coming up, I want to focus our attention on revival, walking towards revival. Some steps we can take on that path toward revival. If you'll look with me in Psalm 85, Psalm 85, we want to draw our scripture from there. Our text, Psalm 85. We'll begin reading in the first verse of Psalm 85, verse number 1. It says, Lord, Thou hast been favorable unto Thy land. Thou hast brought back the captivity of Jacob. Thou hast forgiven the iniquity of Thy people. And Thou hast covered all their sin, Selah. Thou hast taken away all Thy wrath. Thou hast turned Thyself from the fierceness of thine anger. Turn us, O God, of our salvation, and cause thine anger toward us to cease. Wilt thou be angry with us forever? Wilt thou draw out, draw out thine anger to all generations? And then verse number 6. Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? So we'll... Talk about these different verses, but I really want to key in for the text verse, verse 6. Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? And just for a few minutes today, uh, preach a sermon, the steps that we can take as we walk towards revival, the path we take as we walk towards revival. Well, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for the privilege of Cyrus to be here. Thank you for the health, the ability, the functionality to be here, Lord. We realize there are some that are not able to. There are many that are sick and afflicted or have different issues of life that's prohibited them from being in your house today. But Lord, we praise you that we can be here. We lift up those who are sick and facing issues. Lord, we ask that you meet their need in a special way. Touch them if it be thy will. But Lord, for us that are here as we focus our hearts and minds on the word of God, I pray that you make this place off limits to Satan and the forces of evil that would work to try to hinder and bind thy word Lord, I pray that the Holy Ghost will have free course amongst us in this service. Lord, as we prepare our hearts for the Word, and not only for what is to come today, but Lord, as we come into this evening and tomorrow night, Lord, stir our hearts. Lord, speak to us in such a way that we would answer you according to your will. Forgive me where I fail thee. Help me now, Lord, to uh, preach this message in a way that would bring honor and glory to you. For we ask these blessings in Christ's name. Amen. You see verse number 6. You see that? Wilt thou not revive us again? In this wonderful psalm, by the way, we read the whole thing. You see here a prayer from the psalmist. And it's a prayer for revival. A prayer for revival. Multitudes are praying a similar prayer today. Some have already prayed a prayer like this already this year. And I believe most of us today, as we have anticipated for revival, a schedule, if you will, a calendar date that we put aside to have a revival meeting. But I think some of us have prayed earnestly, maybe sought God's will for our life as we get ready for this revival. 
you may have heard it a while ago. It doesn't matter who the preacher coming is or who the singers are. That, really, that I mean, those are instruments to be used. But if we're not ready in our hearts, it doesn't matter who they are. It's not going to change us a bit. There's things that we have to do. There's steps we have to take. There's a path that God wants us to follow to get to revival. This prayer in Psalm 85 that the psalmist is praying. When you think about revival, I ask you in your mind and heart, when's the last time you've seen a revival? I'm talking about a revival. I'm not talking about when's the last time you went to an evangelistic meeting, but when's the last time you actually saw a revival? When's the last time that you actually saw lives changed? And, and I'm talking about not a one-time-in-a-service thing. I'm talking about something that was prolonged, that carried out, something that changed an individual that for weeks and months and years an impact was made. You know, if you read history, you'll find that in the early 1800s, 1900s, there was a great revival that swept across the land. You can study about that in history. Some of you may, if you're a new Christian, you may wonder, what in the world is revival? What's the preacher talking about? I don't know what a revival is, you know. And uh, when you think about a revival, think about renewal. Think about restoration. Think about a fresh inflow of the life, love, and power of God. Think about maybe when you, uh, I don't know who all drinks coffee, if you drink coffee. I, I, I've never been a fan of the iced coffee. Some people like iced coffee, flavored stuff, you know, and all that. But I mean, if you just made you a cup of coffee, you know, I like it. I mean, I don't want to burn my tongue and have to sue McDonald's, but I mean, but I like, you know, I like warm coffee, hot, you know, where you kind of got to sip on it for you got to kind of blow on it before you take a sip. I like hot coffee, but what happens after a little while, coffee starts getting a little cooler, becomes lukewarm, you know? Not a big fan of lukewarm coffee. You know what the Lord said? He's not a fan of lukewarm Christians. He said, I'd rather you be hot or cold. He said, if you're in a lukewarm state, I'd just soon spew you out of my mouth. <laughs> That's what he wrote in Revelation. You know what happens to a lot of Christians... I'm not talking about the lost world. I'm talking about Christians. People have been saved. Become lukewarm. If I can explain a revival to you, think of it as if you being that coffee that all of a sudden the lukewarm changed to being reignited, being reheated, becoming hot again. Think about a, a flower that begins to droop and you set the flower and some water, and watch all of a sudden that flower start to take shape again. A lot of times as Christians, we dry out. We need a fresh... And I, I, Listen, we can go through the motions, right? I mean, you're here today. I mean, there's some of you haven't missed a beat. Through the ins and outs of everything of life, there's people that you can... I mean, there's people you can count on is going to be at church. I mean, they're just going to be there. But even people as such... We can still become dried out on the inside. And though the outside, we may be doing this, this, this. Our inside is starting to wither. You see, revival starts on the inside. And it works its way out. We need a fresh touch. We need a, what the scripture says in Isaiah, that we pour out water upon dry grounds. That spirit of God. Say, preacher, you sound like a Pentecostal today. No, I'm sounding like a Bible preacher. Hey, God's people sometimes get dry. We start withering. And that revival is a fresh touch, if you will. 
a pouring out of the Spirit in such a way that when our lives, maybe we shut God out of some things, we become dry, but that Spirit infiltrates us and that it starts watering that dry ground. And all of a sudden, the Spirit starts working in our lives to where we start springing back up. We start springing up. We start becoming warm again. And then all of a sudden, we're hot again. Can I show you this morning through Scripture some steps we take as we walk towards revival? I hope today in your heart and mind, I hope as we've been talking about walking closer with God, there may have been some things that we've worked on already, such as the scripture reading. Uh, in the bulletin, you'll find uh, this coming week's uh, the new verses for this week, new chapters. I hope you've joined in with that. I hope that you found time sometime throughout the week to pray throughout your day, to pray for revival. You know, when we pray for revival, you know what we're really praying for? Really praying for ourselves. Because revival has to start inside of us. I mean, you draw a circle and then stand inside the circle and say, God, start a revival in this circle. That's what praying for revival is. What are some steps we can take as we move forward in our walking towards revival? I have just a few things this morning I'd like to share with you. And would you open your heart to the word today? Would you really open your heart? And whatever God lays on your heart, would you be willing to follow through as we think about revival? I'm excited. Listen, Brother Weaver's coming. He's a fantastic preacher. I'm talking about a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful preacher. But we can receive that a whole lot better if our hearts are ready for it. That's what I want to do today. If it's called priming the pump, I want to prime the pump so that our hearts can be ready for what the Lord has for us. As we take steps toward revival, as we walk toward revival, the very first thing I want to mention in those steps toward revival is simply this. Number one, we must confess. We must confess our need of revival. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't think we need revival, I'll eat your dirty socks. We need revival. And when I say we, let me, let me, there's some boundaries of that. I'm going to say the outside world needs revival. Inside the church, we need revival. And in our own lives, we need revival. The psalmist's prayer that we read in Psalm 85, what we read through here is a confession. When you get to verse number 6, there is a confession of a need. We need revival. Lord, wilt thou not revive us again? Lord, we're in a state of condition that we need revival. I mean, think about your life. Is your life on fire for God? Or has it kind of got lukewarm or cold? Now, we're not condemning. We're not judging. We're not being critical today. We're speaking fact that there comes a time in our life, no matter how hard we want to walk with God or how, how hard we try to walk closer with God, that we find ourselves becoming lukewarm. We need to be rekindled. We need to be renewed. We need to be revived when we think about that. Uh, when we think about the outside world, the outside world. There are multitudes outside these walls that are without God. They're without hope. And you think about uh, that situation. Uh, who's going to reach these people? Revival is the only key to a tragic situation. When you think about people literally dying and going to hell every day. The Bible tells me that hell enlarges itself daily. We're talking about people out there that are without God. 
It's hard for us to imagine that, isn't it? Uh, if you've been saved a long time and you've been a Christian a long time and, and God is a part of your life and, and you go to church and you serve God, it's hard to imagine, but there are people out there that don't have the hope that you and I have uh, in Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter number 2, Ephesians chapter 2, in uh, verse number 12, it says that at the time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. I'm going to tell you, there are people living just like this verse just said right here. Uh, they, they are without God and without hope. Thank God today that there is a hope. Thank God today there is a promise. Thank God today there is a solution. If people would come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, they can be saved today. That's hope, dear friend. But out there, there needs to be revival. There needs to be something that's going to happen. There needs to be a fire that's going to catch, that's going to evangelize the lost and dying world. People outside, on the outside, revival is the only key. Without hope, without God. Boy, I've done a lot of funerals here lately. i got one this afternoon i got to do. Think about a tombstone. What if on the tombstone... It had your name. And what if under that, it had this verse that we just read. And what if under your name it said, having no hope without God. Boy, wouldn't that be sad? If you could visualize your tombstone and it said, having no hope and without God. And yet every day, Every day there are people that are dying in that condition. Does that not bother us? That people are lost and dying without hope, without God. And in hell they lift up their eyes being in torments. We need revival. We must confess our need for revival. Listen, I, 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 I'm excited. We've got a good crowd today. I hope we have a listen. Come back tonight. Support your church tonight. Come back for the revival tonight. But listen, I, I love having a good attendance. I love all that. But something has to spark inside of us to recognize, yes, it's wonderful to have a good attendance. It's wonderful to have good preaching. It's wonderful to have good singing. But yet we need revival. We need something that's going to spark us outside of these walls. Something that we can take with us outside. Man, I can come in here, we can preach, we can rejoice, we can, we can have a good time together, but we need something that's going to take us outside these walls. Revival in the outside world. What about in the church? What about in the church? Do we confess our need for revival in the church? Would we make a confession today that Calvary Missionary Baptist Church needs revival? Will we make that confession where we say, uh, oh, uh, but preacher, I, 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 we've had a good attendance and, and things have been going, but, but do we need revival? Do we need revival? In the church, you see many churches out there today are becoming worldly. They're formal. They're lacking in spiritual power. They're, they're, they're lacking that spiritual vitality. We, we don't judge a church by how big it is or how fancy it is. No, we judge a church by the power of God. Little is much when God is in it. But we could take what we have here today and we could change this county. We can change this state and ultimately change this world if we would just have revival with what we have. Oh, but preacher, if we had this and this, then we can do this. Listen, if you don't serve God with what you do have, you won't serve Him with what you don't have. 
Amen. Take what God has given us. Get our hearts right with God and recognize that God has given us everything we need to have revival already. Revival in the church. First Peter chapter four, 17 says this. For the time is that is that judgment must begin at the house of God. We need revival. Judgment, it first begins at the house of God. How can we expect the world to be evangelized if we're not right ourselves? Judgment, the time has come. Judgment begins at the house of God. We're talking about Christian people. We're talking about church members. Getting right with God. If you've got things in your heart that are not right, you need to get right with God. Judgment begins at the house of God. Revival comes when the churches get right. And then revival, not only in the outside world, in the church, but also in our own lives. Our own lives. How powerless we are. How frequently we fail. None of us have arrived, by the way. This thing of being a Christian is a day-by-day process. Don't think that you've arrived because you've been in church for 50 years. No, no, no. The devil doesn't take a break. The devil doesn't take a day off. The devil knows where you are. He knows your mindset. The devil knows how to get his foot in any area of your life a little crack to try to get you distracted from God. In our lives, we need revival. You see, if, what, if one of us, what if one of us caught fire? What if just one of us, God sparked something in our heart and life? What if just one of us, just one you see, you don't have to have a whole gallon of, uh, of fuel to start. No, we just need one person that get on fire for God. And if you got a lot of dry and thirsty people, that fire can spread. And what if you were the one? What if it was you? We need revival. We must confess our need for revival. There will never, ever be any revival until we as God's people admit that we have a need. We have a need. That need is revival. The second thing I want to point out to you this morning is this. We must admit that there's a possibility for revival. We must admit that there's a possibility for revival. Back in the uh, text in Psalm 85, I want you to notice something interesting. When you read the first three verses... You're going to find something here that the psalmist acknowledges what God has already done. Notice there in verse one, it says, Lord, thou hast been favorable. Thou hast brought back the captivity. Thou hast forgiven the iniquity. Thou hast covered all their sin. Thou hast taken away all thy wrath. Thou hast turned thyself from the fierceness of thine anger. Notice how he's acknowledging what God has done. You see that? Are we convinced that revival is possible? Are we convinced that God really can do something here at Calvary Missionary Baptist Church? We've got to not only recognize that we have a need, but then we've got to admit that God can do something for us. There is a possibility that God can do something. God did this. Thou hast done this. The psalmist acknowledges what God has done. And the fact that God has sent revival... In the past demonstrates that there's a possibility of a revival to come. Don't think that just because we're living in the last days and in hard times that God isn't through sending revival. 
Matter of fact, uh, we ought to have the mindset that the greatest revival could come right before the Lord returns. There's people that need to be saved. There's people's lives that need to be reached and changed. God has left us here for that purpose, and that's to reach lost souls. If God was done with us, He'd already called us out of here. We've got to admit there's a possibility of revival. You say, well, preacher, I just don't think revival can come in our day and age. I don't think we can have what we once had as the power of God and the Spirit of God. If you have that mindset, you will never have revival. Never. Never. Are you limiting God to a certain time and age? Do we understand that, that the God who created the heaven and earth, the God of eternal uh, present, past, and future, that He's still the same God? We're talking about the God who parted the waters and, and did all these wonderful things. He's still God. I mean, when you start reading history and you start seeing God working throughout uh, histories and centuries, when you start thinking about the 17 and 1800s and how God, uh, His hand worked through situations and revival came, do we still th- do we think that just because we're in 2022 that God can't work in our lives? God is sovereign. Matter of fact, He's even still today sovereign over His creation. We must admit there's a possibility of revival. But you know what that possibility, when you admit that, you know what happens? We start seeing not only our need and, and knowing that yes, there's a possibility, but when we read Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, Because if there's a possibility for revival, then there's a recipe to follow for the revival. Now, we know this verse, don't we? Many of us can quote it by heart. It's the ultimate revival verse. He didn't say, well, you know, if those lost people out there, if they get right, then then we can have revival. He He didn't say that. But notice what he said. You see the first three words. If my people. What's the condition of having a revival? First of all, God's people. That's the if. Now, can God send revival? Oh, yes. God can send revival. Will God send revival? Will He? I don't know. If. Maybe. We know that God. We we know that He can send revival. But the if. I mean, does that have a big part in it? I think so. Will God send revival? I don't know. If if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, you see that? Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. If God's going to send revival, there's going to have to be some Second Chronicles 7.14 going on. God's people, that's us. That's where revival starts, us. If my people, which are called by my name, we've got to understand that possibility is there, but there's a big if. What if you're the hindrance to revival today? What if you're the hindrance of what God would like to do in this church? I'd hate to stand for God and know that. I'd hate to stand for God one day and know that I was the reason that revival was hindered. If... My people. There's a possibility, but there's also an if. Not only we must confess our need, not only we must admit the possibility of revival, but let's look at another one. We must recognize the source of revival. We must recognize the source. 
Now, if you're in the text in Psalm 85, notice what the psalmist said in verse 6. Wilt thou, thou, wilt thou not revive us again? Who's the thou? Talking about God. God, will you not give us revival? The source of revival is God. God. Uh, Flip over, if you would, in Psalm 62. Just a few pages back. Psalm 62. Look at verse number 11, would you? Psalm 62. Look at verse 11. God has spoken once. Twice have I heard this. That power belongeth unto who? God. God. Who is the source? What is the source? God. God is the source of revival. Revival comes from God. When the conditions are met, revival will be sent. Think about this. Revival. It's not worked up. It's sent down. Revival. It's not worked up. It's sent down. And therefore our eyes must not be upon men... Must not be upon methods, churches, or denominations, but our eyes must be upon God. He's the one that sends revival. Listen very carefully. When we look to man, we get to what we get what men can do. When we look to money, we get what money can do. When we look to organization, we get what organization can do. When we look to denominations, we get what denominations can do. But when we look to God, we get what God can do. And that's what we need to be looking for. What does God want? We get what God can do. Do we believe? Do we believe? Are you with me? Do we believe that God can send Calvary Missionary Baptist Church a revival? I'm talking about something that will sweep out of 400 Washington Street and go around this town and people... Listen, when, when Moses had been with God on the mountain, when he came back down, he didn't have to tell anybody he'd been with God. It was shown all over his face. And if, if the power of God falls upon this church, people out there are going to know it. They're going to see it. Revival. Revival. Let me give you one more this morning. And it's this. Not only do we need to confess our need of revival and admit the possibility of revival and recognize the source of revival. And this is a tough one. But we must remove the obstacles to revival or the hindrance. We must remove that which stands in the way of us having revival. When you read in verse 6 of Psalm 85 in our text, the psalmist prays for revival. Notice he says that, that your people may rejoice in thee. That, that, that people may rejoice. Uh, God's people had lost their joy. You know, when you rejoice with God, there's some things that are indicated through that. It indicates your fellowship with God is where it needs to be. It indicates that you're walking with God as you should. And it indicates in your life there's an agreement with God. You know, Scripture tells us in Amos chapter 3 and verse number 3. It says this, Can two walk together except they be agreed? You can't walk with God and run with the devil. You just can't do it. 
You can't do it. You're not going to have revival. Your life is not going to reflect the image of God. We've got to remove those things that are hindrances to revival. The greatest barrier to revival is sin. Sin. The question asked today is, are you right with God? Is there sin in your life? Are you living in disobedience to the Lord? If so, you need to get it right. You have to remove that hindrance. Many of you may have heard of the great evangelist of the 1800s, D.L. Moody. If you haven't heard of him, you need to read that in history. D.L. Moody. Great revival swept in the mid-1800s because of D.L. Moody preaching. Thousands of people saved and converted. And when he was young, D.L. Moody heard another preacher say this. He said, the world has yet to see what God will do with one man who is fully surrendered to him. And D.L. Moody said this as a young man. He said, by God's grace, I'll be that man. And when he surrendered his life to God, read his biography, read history in the 1800s, a huge revival. Thousands of people saved because of this man's surrender. Let me ask you, will you begin now to pray that same prayer? Not only for yourself, but for your church. That the world may see what God can do through us. Notice when you read... Back in our, our text. Notice he said, With thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice. There's a rejoicing. There's a joy that's to be had when we're walking in agreement with God. There's a joy that can be had in our life when we remove those things that tear us away from God. And there's many of those things. But when we surrender our life to Him, when God reveals things to us and we make the adjustments in our life, we, we remove these obstacles and hindrances to revival and we get on our knees and ask God to use us for His honor and glory. I'm telling you, if we did that today, I'm telling you, God can do something great for this church. Are you ready for revival? Now, don't answer that out loud. I'm asking your heart, are you ready? Are you willing to make the adjustments necessary for God to do something great? At 5 p.m. this evening... There's going to be a guest preacher here. And he can preach. I'm telling you, the man can preach. But if our hearts are not ready, it's not going to do us a bit of good. It's not going to do a bit of good. Would you join me in walking towards revival and taking the steps necessary for God to do something great in our hearts and lives? Let's bow our heads, if you would, as we prepare for our invitation. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Walking towards revival. Is everything in your life right with God? Are there things that you need to get right? That's between you and God. Get those things right. But we want to have revival. We want to see God do something great. Right here at Calvary Missionary Baptist Church. Revival can come if. If, my people. If. You and I are the condition of the if. If we are to see revival, God is going to have to see us being willing to dig the trenches. If you're not saved today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you. Step out when we sing. I'll take a Bible and show you how you can know the Lord. If you need your life, if there's something in there you need to get right with God, do that today. Don't put it off. 
Let God meet your need today. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for the privilege to stand and preach. Thank you for these who came out. Lord, take your word that was presented. Speak to our hearts or those who may have been convicted and about something today. I pray they respond according to your will. We ask these blessings in Christ's name. Amen. As we stand on our feet.